0: Of strategic moves with Lou. <laughs> Yay!
1: Yay! Um,
0: I'm the. My name is Lou, and I'm the broker owner for Strategic. And today we have several guests that are going to be with us over over a period of time. Since the weather has been kind of ugly out there, we're going to try and do the Zoom thing and um, have some fun. And uh, so. Here Today, we have with us Ben Young with First, uh, no, American, American National Bank. Bank. Yep. So sorry. Tell us a little bit about your experience, what's your, you know, how long you've been doing loan, yeah, absolutely. loan processor, right?
1: I'm a loan originator.
0: Learn, loan originator. Yep. So people mm-hmm. come to you to...
1: So whenever they want to get pre-qualified, want to buy a house, want to look at refinancing, they come to me. We talk through the numbers, make sure it makes sense. They either get them pre-qualified or start their refinance and get the loan going for them. And then we head off to the processor to help get all of the back end stuff going for us. Um, I've actually like been- criteria.
0: You have a lot of criteria that you kind of go through with mm-hmm. them. Um, I know we talked to a lender last, uh, the first episode that we did, and and it's all based on their credit scores, based on their debt to income ratio. I mean, obviously, yeah. I know that, but our audience may not know all the details on how that works. The credit score is generally about 640. Are we at 640 right now, or, or are we taking uh, it down a little bit?
1: Each lender has their own options. Usually, conventional loans minimum 620. Um, and then government loans, some of them can go down as low as 580. We go about 620 as well for the lowest score on government loans, like FHA and VA loans. Okay. Uh, but uh, usually if you have the lower credit scores, uh, you'll want another compensating factor, like you have a larger down payment, you have more cash reserves, you're doing a shorter term to offset the lower credit scores. But it's not po- impossible; It's just matters making it make sense in the full, in the full picture for you. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Okay. So, and then that leads into... So, for instance, if they do have borderline credit score, they can still get that. Oh, I lost you. I don't know if that was me or you. I'm
1: coming back. Nope, that was me.
0: Okay. Uh, If they have the borderline credit score, they can still qualify for the lower interest rate? Or is that kind of like a sliding scale where the better the credit score, the better the, the interest rate that they're going to be able to get?
1: I will say typically it is a sliding scale. The better the credit score, the better interest you can get. Okay. Uh, especially if you add in factors like if you wanted to refinance with cash out or you're purchasing an investment property. Um, that's when those credit screws really start to come into play. Well, uh, but however they always play. You
0: can only purchase with a conventional loan anyway, correct?
1: Correct. Correct. You are correct.
0: All right. And uh, generally, does American National keep those conventional loans in
1: house? Yeah, great question. Conventional loans, we don't don't keep those in house. We actually our service provider for Fannie Mae, so we do serve. Do we do service those? So whenever we close a conventional loan, we don't sell it off to another lender. We actually retain that and service that for the life of the loan.
0: That's a really good. That's a really good, good, good option because yeah, a lot of times you know if you go to Wells Fargo or Chase or you know any of the bigger companies or even some of the smaller companies, they're mm-hmm. automatically going to sell your note and then you're going to have a different lender. You're going to have you know I don't know Dr. Cooper or, or Mr. Cooper, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah, Miss Oh, that's a bad one. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Cooper, or there's other lenders yeah. out there. Uh, I can't even think of them right now, but there's, t- there's yeah. so many of them.
1: Yeah, That's definitely a huge selling point now. for us. Huh? Definitely a huge selling point for us um, because our servicing team is actually in our office here in Wichita Falls. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to call an 800 number when you have a question about your billing or a question about the escrow analysis that are coming out right now. Uh, you mm-hmm. can just pick up the phone, call our local number, talk to someone in person, and then even come and sit down with them if you wanted to. So definitely a huge selling point for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That is a good one. And then for, um, I mean, a lot of people nowadays, they like to get on, I mean, we're on the age of technology. Everybody gets mm-hmm. online. They all, we all, we all shop online. We all do everything online. If I'm interested in anything, I Google it online. And then, you know, yeah. whatever pops up on my Google list is what I'm going to be clicking on. Well, right. like a lot of people, they do the same thing with lo- with loans. Mm-hmm. They get online and they Google buying a home and they wind up with this com lender. Right. I mean, there's so many of them. Quicken Loans is the one that the the, the quickest one that <laughs> comes to no. mind. Um, no. But uh, they 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 sell you on the interest rate. And mm-hmm. um, I the, the previous lender that we talked to, we basically spoke about the advantages of coming into a branch here in Wichita Falls and talking mm-hmm. to a local lender or a local credit agency, mm-hmm. a credit credit uh, union or whatever or something like that. Yeah versus going online and doing it i mean what is it what in, in your experience is is that i mean is that going to be something that um can explain to the audience i guess is what's the what's the what's the pros and cons
1: yeah uh, so the local lenders whether you want to come in person whether one do everything electronically i'd say 95 percent of my borrowers i don't even see um in person uh they like to do everything online like take care of everything uh remotely just because they're busy and have a hard time breaking away from their jobs and everything Mm-hmm. Um, so, but we have that option of coming in and meeting with someone in person, so you can sit down and see, see someone, which is still uh, how I like doing, but it's like to be able to talk to people, meet with people. But a big difference between the local lenders is just simply that uh, we can take a look at it and um, take a look at what you're doing, look at it objectively, look at the full picture as opposed to just, do you fit in a box for this, this, or this?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We can look at it objectively and look at, see what options can you provide. And the biggest thing with local lender uh, is that we can sit there and look at, we have ruled streamlined closing costs. And we have real uh, competitive interest rates as well.
0: Yeah. And then one of the, in my experience, another thing that I find that is more beneficial to do in somebody here locally is, is the cost itself too. I mean, the, right. the, the loan origination fee, I know that it can be up to 1% of the sales price, but the loan origination fee here locally tends to be pretty much a reasonable rate between 450 and 600. And if you go to, you know, if you go, to you, even USA.com, their loan origination, mm-hmm. fee I think is like $1,500 there or, right. or up to 1% of that loan. And then mm-hmm. a lot of the other ones, they'll do even more based on that. So, I mean, if you get a three using a round number, um, if you get a hundred thousand dollar loan? That's a thousand dollars that you're going to pay on Correct. the origination fee to use somebody that's going to offer you just a, maybe a tick of a little bit different interest rate.
1: Yeah, and the funny thing is, when someone tells me, "Oh, I'm pre-qualified through so and so, it's a national lender," uh, I kind of chuckle and I say, "Well, good. I'll, they'll make my job a lot easier then,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: because our closing costs are a lot cheaper, and mm-hmm. typically our interest rates are a lot more competitive as well, without having to pay the rate down. And that's something uh, yeah. that's a big deal. Is whether you, are you are you having to pay for the rate that they're offering you, or is that mm-hmm. giving it to you without any additional costs? That's another.
0: That's an and that adds to the closing cost because absolutely you're paying down points. Then yes, you can get a two percent interest rate if you yeah. want to. But then you you know when it comes to the closing cost, that closing cost is going to be added in there, and mm-hmm. you're going to be paying thousand dollars for that additional tick of the of the interest rate. Um, yeah, so
1: you mentioned the term buying points, and I've had a lot of people say, "What does it mean to buy points?" Because uh, the average person doesn't understand what that terminology means. And it, yeah. very simply, it's just if I want if we're offering like that two point eight seven five, and you want a two point five there's a scale that we can figure out, okay, if you want that big of interest rate drop, you have to pay X amount of dollars to get that rate. And at that closing. equates into at closing.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so you'd have to pay that much at closing to get that interest rate. And that would be considered uh, so, much, so many points mm-hmm. uh, to, in order to get that. Sometimes it's like less practice. than a full point.
0: You, mm-hmm. Yeah, usually it's 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 broken down into fractions, right? Like an eighth yeah. of a point, or, or right. half of a quarter of a point, or half of yeah. a point, or something like that. Right. And yeah. And you guys provide a cost for each one of those little those little bumps. Right. Um, and then another thing is, those those interest rate points can be included in the closing cost. Um, that. Somebody might be, you know, like a seller if they're going to be paying some of the closing costs. If there's any points that they're purchasing, that can also go towards their points,
1: mm-hmm. their closing yeah. cost
0: re- requests. I guess right. I'm getting kind of confused. I'm confusing myself, so I can't imagine <laughs> that the audience is any less confused. But so, whenever you ask for, uh, whenever you ask for closing costs in the contract, you can include points. In those, the, there's certain things that you can that you that you cannot include in that the closing cost, but points is one of them,
1: correct? Yeah, it is. Every loan does have a certain amount that the seller can pay in closing costs, though. That's uh, true so true. sometimes, the, depending on what type of loan it is, the seller might be limited 5%. to a certain amount, right? 3% or uh, 6% or different ranges, depending on what type of loan it is.
0: Conventional is usually 3%, right?
1: Uh, it, de- it actually depends 3%. on how much you put down. So if you have a larger down payment, the seller can actually pay more than 3%. Oh, good
0: to know.
1: So it all depends on the down payment portion.
0: Hmm. And your guys' down payment on a standard conventional loan is going to
1: be 5% or? 5% is pretty typical. You actually go as low as 3% for a first-time home buyer. So there's a 3% per conventional percent. option,
0: mm-hmm. but it is
1: for first-time home buyers only. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, there's some other programs out there, but the traditional conventional loans, just 3% is a minimum. Um, but there is that for some home and above after that, uh, it's five percent minimum for everybody else.
0: And FHA is general, I mean I've never seen it more than three and a half percent, but FHA
1: correct a half percent
0: three and a half percent and then for a VA, it's mm. nothing. You only have to pay for the VA funding fee which can be rolled into the sales price.
1: Right. Typically. That's if you're not exempt from the VA funding fee. The VA, there that are is, veterans yeah. who are exempt from that yeah. funding fee as well.
0: Even if you have just the the any disability. It doesn't have to be a certain per- percentage. It could just be any disability whatsoever.
1: Yep. I don't know what the exact amount is. Um, but user we can just the lender can just order a certificate of eligibility through the VA and just double check it. And the veteran can actually go online and get that themselves to see if mm-hmm. they are exempt for sure or not.
0: Right, right. Well, I you have given us tons of information, and sure. I I am so glad to meet you. And I know that our audience will probably want to talk to you again at some point. So <laughs> absolutely, is, I, but you have been a fount of information, and uh, we so appreciate you being on here with us, Ben. And I hope to see you soon. On the flip side, and American National Bank, this is Ben Young. If they need to call you, um. Do you want to give them your number? Yep,
1: sir. My phone number is 940-235-7836. All and right, welcome ben. phone call.
0: Okay. All right, guys. We're going to go with another. We're, we're going to meet with another guest here shortly. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. We are here with Brooke Williams. She is a strategic realtor. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Brooke. How, are, how did you get into real estate? So my mom's a
3: realtor, and she really encouraged me. And um, so I was like, sure, I'll give it a try. And (laughs) uh, what do you do besides real estate? Um, I work full time at Clark Eye Care, and I do clinical study coordination. And then outside of that, I uh, spend a lot of time with my family. I'm a mom of two, and they keep me busy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Your little girl is the cutest little thing. She, I just need to like get a little miniature of her and put her in my pocket. Exactly. <laughs> She's so sexy. Yeah. She keeps me laughing. Mm-hmm. So um, you are a recently new real estate agent. When did you get your license? So
3: um, I got my license back in March, right? Whenever the pandemic hit. So it was kind of a rocky start an interesting start at least.
0: But you've done pretty well. I mean, you you got for for doing it part time. You've got you've gotten quite a few transactions already done, and you you've got pretty good numbers too. Yeah. Um, you you let you you like. Is there any particular area in Wichita Falls that you like to work in, or you're pretty much just anywhere and everywhere? Anywhere and everywhere.
3: <laughs> yeah. Wherever yeah. we can get one now, as hot as the market is. I know, is right?
0: Yeah. We need to, you know what we need to do? We need to move to Austin. Yeah. We totally need to move to Austin. The properties down there, they're selling for over uh, the, the last one that I just did. I just did a, a contract down there in Austin and we submitted four or five offers on different properties and didn't get a single one. Oh, we wow. had to go a hundred thousand dollars above asking price.
3: That is insane. They must have really liked it or just needed somewhere. That was the only
0: option. We, that was the only, I mean, if we didn't go above a hundred, you know, a hundred thousand dollars above asking price, they had 20 other offers to go with. That is crazy. Yeah, it was nuts. I mean, the house was already listed for $255,000 anyway. So it wasn't like, it was just like a, you know, a little podunk house or nothing like that. It was already a pretty, you know, decent house, 2000 square feet, you know, just the standard you know, nothing special. I think it was even built like in 1996 or something like that. But they wound up having to make an offer of 100 and nothing included, like no survey, no uh, title policy, nothing. I mean, they they basically, they're paying their whole entire way plus 100000 $100,000. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, are yeah. you serious? And it seems like it's trickling up a little bit too. So, I mean, our market here in Wichita falls has gotten a little bit crazy in the last year and a half, but it hasn't gotten that crazy. No, that's I feel
2: like starts.
0: Yeah. I feel like it's going to trickle up here in Wichita falls a little, a little bit. I mean, it, our market is just a little bit. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, a little bit of a closed market, you know, like we don't have big, huge companies like Tesla moving in here, but, right, right. and that's one of the reasons why there's so many houses that are uh, selling over asking price here in in Texas right now is because there are a lot of companies that are coming over here. But um, what do you see on the market right now as far as?
3: I currently have some buyers. um, They're $250,000, $300,000 250, dollars $300,000 price range, and we will have showings scheduled. It, have, it would have gone on the market, and we have a showing scheduled the same day, and it's sold before we can even get into to view it. So we're having so much trouble just even getting
0: in to see things before they go into contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing here in Wichita Falls, too. I mean, it, and. To an extent, I think that we need to start actually, If you, when we start getting more listings is we need to tell our buyers, I mean, our sellers, you know, don't just accept the first offer that comes along because wait a minute, you may get an offer that's 20 or $30,000 above asking price. So you're you're, you're leaving money on the table by just taking the first thing that comes along. That's
3: exactly what my buyers are thinking. They're just like, we don't even have a chance to, offer them more because they're accepting so quickly.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wonder if they're accepting so quickly um, at a higher rate or if they're, or if it's, you know, I don't know. I, I, I guess we'd have to look and, and kind of study it a little bit and see what they're closing, you know, like what, what's closing right now. Yeah. But that's, that's what they're doing down in Austin. They actually don't accept any offers Um, Or or they don't, basically, whenever I was doing the offers down there, um, they give you a cutoff time. So, like, the the seller will actually say, you know, we want to, we're not going to, we're not going to review any offers until Friday, a week after we listed it, so that they get 20 or 30 offers to look at. And it's, it's happening. I mean, these agents, I have I've called them up and I'm like, so where are we at? <laughs> like, what's the number at now? And I mean, obviously we can't, they, they can't tell us exactly what to offer, but they can give us a ballpark. And I mean, the ballpark is like, whew, way up there. And they're like, oh, well, uh, let me check my Excel spreadsheet. And I'm just like,
3: <laughs> "They're having <to> get <laughs>
0: organized. yeah, they, they have them on an Excel spreadsheet. That's how many <laughs> offers they're getting. They can't, I mean, it, it's, it, it's, 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 it's mind blowing to me. But uh, so, I mean, when it comes to selling properties, I think that that's what we need to start doing with all these, these new properties that we're going to be listing is saying to our sellers, you know, leave it on the market for a week because you never know somebody might come in and give you twenty thousand dollars above asking price and you know i mean if you take the first thing that comes on the market i mean the first thing that comes along your path then you you might be missing out on some decent cash they're doing waivers right now down there in austin which to me is very dangerous they're doing uh appraisal waivers is what that's called so basically uh-huh. yeah so when an FHA if they, if they're, if they' if they're approved for an FHA loan, they make an offer forty or fifty thousand dollars above asking price if they don't take that F, I mean if, if they if the house doesn't appraise for that m- amount, then the sellers are not going to reduce the sales price right So they they have to come out of pocket for the difference. They have to, I mean, if, it, let's say, you know, whole numbers, it's a $250,000 house. They make an offer for $300,000 and it only comes in at 280. They got to come in with $20,000 at closing because the, the seller's not going to waive the the, the, uh, the appraisal. It's That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. All right, lady. Well, I thank you for joining us and hopefully we Thanks can see you some more and you can come and talk to us about uh, the new stuff that you might be learning about as far as like getting that big, huge listing. We need those big, huge listings, right? You need to I know. You get so I many that. listings right now. We need listings. So if you, need, if you want to sell your house, call Brooke. She can sell it. We have so many buyers in the pipeline right now. We need to sell some more properties. We need your listings. So um, you want to tell them your phone number so that they can get in touch with you? Sure, 940-224-6325. Fantastic lady. Welcome back to uh, Strategic Moves with Lou. We here have a guest with, uh, his name is Gabe and he's with Premier Choice Inspectors and he's going to tell us a little bit about himself.
4: Hello, how are you?
0: I'm good, Uh, good. Yeah,
4: so so we do home inspections and basically what we do is we go into a house and our job is to disclose all the defects in the home that we can find. Uh, our job is not to do a code inspection. We do do that, but that is new construction only. As far as a pre-existing home, we're trying to keep the house up to a modern standard. Uh, and so we'll go in there. We may talk about some cosmetic things. Usually... Usually the biggest thing we're looking at in these houses is a foundation. So 85% of what we do in a house relates back to a foundation.
0: Uh, you get to crawl in the muck, huh?
4: Yes. Yes. And,
0: <laughs> Those lovely
4: uh, That's That's probably, probably the biggest problem we see in houses. Uh, luckily, and it sounds bad, but luckily we had a drought a while back and then we dealt with most of these houses. Uh, and so when we had our drought and then it started raining, a lot of foundations moved. Uh, we had a lot of foundations repaired and now we're just trying to maintain those foundations, uh, just trying to make sure the houses are in good shape. Uh, we know that most homes are going to outlast the owners. And so we just want to make sure that these houses continue to move forward time of rest and stay safe. A lot of what we're doing is disclosing defects. Uh, our job is basically to go in there and just talk about the bad. Uh, we don't talk about the good stuff in homes. Uh, although sometimes we may tell you this has been upgraded. Our job is just really tell you what's actually happening with the house. A lot of buyers go into the a home and they look at it. They're emotionally charged. They may not realize that there's a large crack in the wall or they may not realize that you have older wiring, uh, yeah. So a lot of a lot of what we're doing is talking about that stuff.
0: And a lot of electrical issues wind up being um, maybe yes. because it's the older the the um, the older knob and tube and federal is it federal Pacific?
4: Yes, federal Pacific panels. Uh, older knob and tube wiring that's not preferred by anybody. Uh, Ideally, we don't tell you ever to really rewire a house unless that wiring has been damaged. Uh, but we do tell you, as you upgrade the home, start removing that. Have an electrician come in here and start removing it. If you open a wall cavity, you shouldn't be leaving old knob and tube wiring in there. Federal Pacific panels, basically most organizations are starting to require those to be deleted and removed. Uh, so you have 1st some home buyers that they don't want it anymore. Uh, and our job is to go in there and point them out. Uh, it's, an and then, obsolete,
0: it's an obsolete system anyway. Right now, you can't even, it, if there's an issue with the Federal Pacific breaker, you can't even get a replacement for it without it costing, you know, a free penny. A
4: ton of money, yes. And that's something else we see is those Federal Pacific panels, in conjunction with old knob and tube wiring, they're not really safe at all. But if they have some newer wiring on them, a lot of times they'll run properly. But the problem comes when you start having to replace breakers. Uh, so if you have to replace one breaker, it's $90. Uh, if you have to replace four, that's $400. A modern breaker will cost you somewhere between $4 to $30. Uh, that's a huge price difference. Also, in modern panels, we have a lot more room. We can break up the circuitry in the house and we can make that panel run cooler, uh, which is great because wiring is encapsulated within the wall cavities buried in insulation sometimes it has stuff packed on top of it uh, we want that stuff running cooler anyways uh, and
0: we were not talking, to
4: mention it just lets you run more more devices
0: we were talking also about uh, the city assistance program and how that can assist people with older yeah. homes that might need a little bit of TLC or whatever the city assistance program can help a home buyer well homeowner it can help a home buyer when they're actually purchasing the property but it can actually help a home owner upgrade those systems with the city assistance program for no cost correct
4: yes yes and probably the biggest thing and my interaction with them although I uh, know people who have dealt with them um I've dealt with them some in the past few years. Uh, the biggest thing is what they're trying to do is they're trying to get rid of the Federal Pacific wiring or Federal Pacific panel, the knob and tube wiring. They're trying to make these houses safer. Uh, you do have to be low income, and the house does actually have to be purchased. So it's not an owner finance situation. But if you are borrowing money from a bank, do
0: they have to have a K loan maybe?
4: Uh, maybe if you're borrowing money from a bank, a lot of times they're going to go ahead and help. You do have to meet the financial uh, requirements that they have. Uh, But basically if you have a heating and air conditioning system that's installed in the house and it breaks and you don't have the financial resources to repair it, they will help you get it repaired or replaced. if your roof is bad and you need to replace it. They can help with that. It is a grant-based system. So when the money is Gone, it's gone. It uh, gets renewed every year, but with speaking rules, to them,
0: yeah, their their, their rules change uh, regularly. So you have to go onto the website, the Wichita Falls city website, I believe, and you can you can do a search for the city assistance program, and you can find out what the requirements are and how to apply. Because yeah. a lot of times those things they, they they do run out. I mean, once the budget at the beginning of the budget they'll be they'll have tons of money and they'll be able to help out as, as many people as, as apply. But eventually that does run out and you have to wait for the new cycle if you, if, you, if they don't have the funds for it. Or they'll change the if they if they're starting to run out of money, they'll also change what they can do. So
4: yes. And
0: at the beginning of the of the of the budget is is going to give you more benefits.
4: Yes. And, and uh, a lot it is too but it is a standard comment. Um uh, when we do first-time homebuyer houses in the city limits, of Wichita Falls, and we know that that area may be, be generally. Uh,
0: that's another thing. That's another requirement that it has to be in the city limits. It can't yes. be Nile Park or Berkmanette or anything. No, no, only no. Wichita Falls
4: city. It, it, it is a city-ran program. So when we do uh, like houses in the avenues, uh, I grew up in the avenues. I kind of know, you know, the financial dynamics of people in the avenues. Anytime we do houses in the avenues, anytime we do anything that is a first time homebuyer's property, uh, basically it's a standard comment that we put in there and it gives them the phone number to be able to contact the city of Wichita Falls and it tells them, you know, after 12 months, reach out to these people because we want you upgrading the houses. Uh, we want everybody to be able to buy a house. But we also know maintaining a house is really expensive. Mm-hmm. And if there's programs out there to help people, it's huge. It's a big plus. We can get these houses more modernized and it doesn't cause such Perfect. a financial strain on a person.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: yeah. Uh, and then hopefully in six, seven years after you're done with the house and you go to sell it, we no longer have to talk about a federal Pacific panel. Uh, we no longer have to talk about knob and tube wiring because that stuff has been upgraded
0: yeah.
4: um, a lot of what Still we're doing are we're
2: trying like trying water
0: heaters. yeah they'll do more than just the roof and the ac unit and the the electrical will also take care of hot water heaters um yep. i'm not too sure about the plumbing if they'll upgrade your plumbing for you i,
4: I, I guess what they're trying to, to do is the they're they're trying to get it more modern uh and then the, the assistance for like water heaters is your water, if your water heater fails and you can't replace it, they'll come in there and help you. Um, so it isn't something to just say, you know, we're gonna upgrade everything. Some components of the house they will just do. Other things they just have to kind of fail in order for them to help. It's more like an emergency relief. Uh, and so a lot of what we're doing is disclosing, hey, your water heaters 20 years old be aware it's time to start putting back some money and then also for people with lower income we're giving them the number so that if something happens maybe they did replace the water heater but they need to upgrade the electrical system as well they have more resources available to them
0: so whenever um goodness i already forgot what i was gonna ask but Whenever you do an inspection, uh, do you get a lot of pre-inspections? Do you talk to owners before they even purchase? I mean, before they even talk to a real estate agent to get it on the market? You offer um,
4: so we offer pre-inspections. Uh, we used to do quite a bit of them down in Dallas. Stop going to Dallas so much. Just That's, that's not a good drive to do. Mm-hmm. And then try to squeeze houses in. Uh, pre-inspections aren't that huge in Wichita where we do do them. We do go and put yard signs up. We do push them on the Facebook page. A lot of times a pre-inspection is going to help a house. Uh, Everybody is really prideful of their home. Mm -hmm. You know, that's their baby. They usually have a lot of time and money invested in it. Uh, A pre-inspection, we're just going to be talking bad about what we see. Um, Although we may talk about some of the upgrades, our job is not to talk about the pluses, it's only to talk about the defects. Um, but pre inspections typically will help the house sell. It will definitely help it get through the actual closing process a little bit quicker uh, because if the house is pre inspected, basically, if the foundation needs to be looked at, you're going to know before you list that house.
2: Right. Um,
4: if you have leaks, you're gonna know before you list that house. Mm -hmm. If your roof needs to be replaced, you'll know ahead of time. The last thing you actually want is you don't wanna be listing the house in a market like this three hours later, you're in contract, an inspector shows up three days later and tells you the foundation's messed up or they're not actually gonna tell you, they're gonna tell the buyer and you don't want your buyer walking over something that you could have addressed. so,
0: and a lot of times it'll, it'll also highlight things that maybe homeowners thought that was going to be a big ticket item. But meanwhile, they find out that it's something simple that they can just, you know, fix yes. beforehand and maximize the amount that they can list it for. And, and in the, in the beginning so that they can not be leaving money on the table. I mean, obviously there are some houses that are, you know, not going to, finance for an FHA loan or a VA loan and they're only going to qualify for a conventional loan. So a lot of times homeowners won't even try to do a home inspection beforehand, but even those properties, sometimes it's a good idea because then you can present the issues to a potential buyer without them having to think, oh, well, there's going to be some issues behind the scenes that we don't see. So it can, it can, it can help them know what the problem our problems are and possibly decide if they want to add those, you know, fix those issues,
2: yeah. be able to yeah. solve
0: it for more. So, I mean, basically they, uh, and then whenever you get an inspection like that and you do a pre-inspection, do you discount if they have to come and do another inspection, for instance, if they, if the, the, they have a fire and they're looking at your inspection and they want to come and do another inspection, do you offer any incentives for that new buyer to use your services, or is it just another inspection?
4: So, so here's how it works. If we go and inspect the property as a pre-inspection, we're going to spend time with the seller. We're going to talk to them about issues that they should resolve before the house hits the market. So if we find termites or something, we're going to tell you, hey, get this dealt with. That's if you have sure. wood rot, get that dealt with. Uh, when we go, if we have to go back, typically if you get a house pre-inspected and that house is addressed correctly after the pre-inspection in a market like this, it's not going to get another inspection. It may be in the buyer's best interest, but if that report's sitting on the coffee table and you and have, have six people showing selling it.
0: And they had the, yes. the repairs that were addressing whatever issues were in the inspection. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, that's the that point.
4: Yeah, and this this house has only been on the market for three days or four days. Typically, they're not going to get another inspection. But at least everything is kind of disclosed. It's up front. Uh, I know in the past we've had some times where houses kind of sit. So sometimes we do get called back to those houses to do other inspections. And how we typically work that is I do all the pre-inspections. If we have to go back and do another inspection, we're going to send a different inspector out there. That way it's a fresh set of eyes and there's no looking at reports. So it's just, you go in this thing, it's a brand new house every single time.
0: Yeah, uh, it kind of breaks, breaks up the, the um, I, don't, I don't want to think, I don't want to say it's ethics, but it would, it would, it would, uh, conflict. It would, yeah. Yes. So it would, yeah. it would dispel any conflict of interest.
4: Yes. Uh, and I know in the past, we've had houses where uh, maybe the market wasn't moving as fast as it is now. And you go to a house and you look at this thing over the, over a year, three or four times, uh, you'll actually be able to look at some of these reports and see. It may be the same thing, but nothing's ever written the same way. Pictures are taken from different angles. Well, the
0: damage uh, might be more extensive at that point, too.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing on the pre-inspection is it will help a good house sell. It will help it pull more money as long as you're willing to do the work that needs to be done. Um, if we're pointing out wood rot or broken rafters or that this thing needs some foundation work, if you take care of that before the market hits or before the house hits the market, it's going to sell better.
2: Mm-hmm. It also
4: tells your buyers that you actually care about the house. Right. Um where the inspector is just another structure, you as an owner doing a pre-inspection and addressing issues, the next owner knows that the house has been cared for, Uh, and that's worth a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and, I mean, is there anything that you see regularly uh, that, I mean, is there like a most common issue that you find in a lot of those I mean, I know it's going to be age-related, so is there one particular thing that when you walk into a house, you see all the time?
4: So we're talking about pier and beam houses. Most people are worried about the slope floors. Uh, Slope floors in a pier and beam structure aren't really that significant to us. Uh, We're more concerned with the piers underneath the structure and the exterior foundation walls. Uh, We know that pyramid structures are older, so chances are they've had a lot of water underneath them from plumbing leaks and the soil would have expanded and created some of the sloping. Now, with that being said, there are times where those foundations still have to be addressed. Uh, Next also goes with older houses as well, and that's the federal Pacific panels and the knob and tube wiring. Uh, One is your insurance is almost always going to ask about knob and tube wiring. Uh, and you need to know that the federal Pacific panels, you just need to be aware that it exists. Uh, we do infrared imaging to make sure that the panel is not overheating and there's no hot spots in the panel. If we do find hot spots, we go back through the house to find those hot spots in the walls to find maybe where that loose connection is. Uh,
0: because that's, exactly
4: that's typically that's
0: it. The problem as far as like uh, fire,
4: possibility yes.
0: of fire uh, hazards.
4: Yes. Uh, If we're talking about Burt Burnett, a lot of those roofs have to get looked at, but Burt gets weather. uh, And typically, sellers are going to be able to get those roofs fixed for pretty cheap, uh, as long as you had insurance. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then once we get to like out in the boondocks, uh, it's just a whole wide variety of stuff. But Typically, we want to look at make sure those foundations are good, the roofs are good, and those electrical systems are good. Uh, you get out in the country, you'll run into PVC plumbing. We really like copper, and we really like PEX. <laughs>
2: PVC,
4: PVC is okay for drains. We see it in the supply lines. It's okay. You just have to be careful around it. Uh,
0: it doesn't it tend to be a little more brittle over time.
4: Yes, it gets brittle. Uh, There is one type, it it actually looks like PEX, but it's gray. uh, And it's not approved anymore for residential use at all. Uh, Mm -hmm. But if we see it, we do call it out and we tell you, hey, we need to replace this uh, pretty soon.
0: Another one Uh, that's very old, I can't think of it right now, but it's... uh, Like
4: polybutanol or something like that. And basically what it is, is the hot water line. Since we have chlorine in our water, it makes that pipe more brittle. And so basically you can just bump it and it'll break. We don't see a whole lot of it. A lot of people used in old manufactured houses, but most of that has already failed. Uh, So since most of it's already failed, a lot of it's already gone. Uh, But we do want to disclose the home to you. Our job isn't actually to talk about the good stuff. We don't sell the house. Uh, for inspectors, for inspectors, we're supposed to be looking at this as we don't care if the house sells or not. It's just another building. But we want to make sure that people know what they're buying.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah, We want to
4: make sure that people oh know God. what they're buying. And we want to make sure that when you get here, Although home ownership isn't always smooth and easy, that hopefully you get in a house and it's nice and you just get to enjoy it. Um, in fact, this house I'm in, we just bought it, but we're redoing it and we're finding all kinds of fun stuff. <laughs> uh, but, you know, my first house I bought was a real turd. Uh, I had it for several years. And I bought it when I was 18 Listened to people that I shouldn't have listened to on it. And it ended up being a horrible house. My second house was better. My third house was great. And this house is pretty good right now. It'll be wonderful by the time I'm done with it. But so uh, you
0: were a real estate agent. No, you, or you've always been an inspector.
4: No. So uh, I did maintenance. I did construction and remodeling. Uh, I did home inspections for people I knew, just kind of on the side. Uh, And then whenever I got my license, I realized, oh, I didn't really know what I was talking about. I could fix it, Uh, but I didn't really know what I was talking about. Then we get the license and we get in the whole legal end of it. It's completely different. and you start making these reports and knowing how to actually disclose things uh, completely changes it. And now we've been doing this for a little over five years with Premier Choice. Uh, like last year, we got to help like 500 different families find houses, which was great. Uh, and a lot of times I see people in the store and they tell me of the things that they're addressing and how they're getting rid of some of the bad things that were done in houses. Typically as long as you're aware of it, you'll be able to deal with it. It's the surprises that are no good. Uh, And we're not, we're not fortune tellers. Yeah. We're not fortune tellers and we can't see through walls, but if we see a previous repair in a wall and we know there's plumbing there, we can tell you, Hey, there's a patch here, you know, just be aware of it.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. And
4: then a weather like this, if suddenly you see, water spewing out of that patch <laughs> you know there was probably a busted pipe there that got fixed and busted right. again
0: right uh, and that's the thing is that home uh, unless it's a brand new home
4: yeah.
0: the, they have a life of their own so i mean yes. if, especially the older homes they they wind up having a lot of cast iron pipes that's what i was thinking of.
4: cast iron yeah cast iron has a lifespan of 70 to 100 galvanized, years galvanized.
0: that's the word galvanized
4: and galvanized, galvanized is no longer for water supply lines, because it rusts. Uh, So if you're you're turning on your faucet after you left from vacation and it looks like brown water coming out, you typically have galvanized plumbing in the wall. Uh, Eventually it will clog up and it will stop working. Uh, But if you're (laughs) aware of it, it's different than being surprised by it. Uh,
0: (laughs) Well, I appreciate you joining us, Gabe. and you gave us a lot of information for us to digest. And I'm, I'm hoping that this will help other people make the right, you know, make, it, make an, a, an informed decision on purchasing a property and, and getting that, or, or if they're listing a property, to get that pre inspection done so that they can yeah. be prepared for any issues that come up with that, uh, the process. And um, I'm sure that we have much, much more that we could talk about. And I'm sure that we'll, you'll join us again at some future date. And uh, I, I appreciate you coming and talking to me. I know it's getting kind of late.
4: Yeah, yeah. And I will. And we also put videos up on Facebook. Uh, as we find things in this house, we'll be putting more videos up oh, of good. things people can actually do. Uh, and you want to let everybody
0: know how they can get in touch with you?
4: Um, Yeah, you can actually look us up on Facebook. You can call me directly. You can call the office number. Uh, the office is 940 704 2647. My cell is 9407-822407. Uh and they can always call. You don't even have to use us to do the inspection. If you've run into a problem, you can always call. We'll still walk you through it. Uh, what I tell people is we're not a warranty service. We don't fix anything anymore. Um <laughs> We will walk you through this stuff, and a lot of times it's just having somebody that can tell you, "Hey, you know, watch this video so that you understand how what you need to do."
0: Information uh, is power. But anyway, yes. help you guys have a great evening. And all right,
4: you too. Stay warm. Again.
0: Yeah. All right. And uh, subscribe, like, and share.